The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Let's Ball Out. It is your boy, Kelsley. I was alongside Alicia and Corbin, and we are ready for another episode. How are you guys feeling? How was y'all week? Wow, you just effortlessly totally took that intro. Inspired stuff. <laughs> Don't know where you took that, but that was, that was great. Well done. Um, You know, Lakers lost, so I'm going to say really short. My weekends, <laughs> you know what, it's just starting, so I'm sure the week will be better. Um, it was going great until I just saw Patrick Mahomes um, beat the Bills, and Thanks. so now I'm just I'm just sitting here stuck. I don't know what to say. So, so quick dive in, even though this is not NBA related, but um, is is it because is we are balling out actually? Is it because the the Jets and the Giants are so bad that New Yorkers have to gravitate <laughs> towards the Bills, who just became relevant? Okay, well, I, I've never been a part of the Jets-Giants crew. My dad immigrated from Guyana to America, and he was a Cowboys fan because the Cowboys are good. And then he felt like okay. he had to pick a team because, you know, he was in New York, so he picked the Jets. I have never subscribed to that. I was a Raiders fan growing up okay. because of the colors and just the cultural impact that they had on rap. I just like the Raiders. Um, I stopped watching the NFL, I should say, when the Kaepernick situation happened for a couple of years. And then mm-hmm. I recently started, maybe the past two and a half seasons, started re-watching the Bills and, oh. well, the team. And I and I chose the Bills, mainly because I was dating somebody who was a Bills fan. But now I'm, like, completely attached to the Bills and I can't stop watching. And I'm, I'm just oh. kind of stuck because they lost. So, yeah, uh, that's my journey to being a Bills fan. <laughs> well, um, another team that lost today. This is Sunday. Um, it was a great matchup between the Heat and the Lakers. Uh, the, the Miami Heat looking very much, you know, in charge for most of the game. But L.A. did come back in that fourth quarter. And I believe it was only a four or five point win for Miami, if I'm not mistaken. I might be generous. It might have been like eight or nine. But anywho, um, we have to talk about the Lakers. Right. You know, when we talk about like teams like the Cowboys, where there's just everybody knows the brand itself everybody knows la the brand itself but the team itself is just not looking good and one of the main things that happened this week was russell westbrook was actually benched we're talking about a guy that was an all-star two-time awesome mvp um was brought over from washington to go ahead and you know give lebron his last three years a chance to get more championships and potentially make more than um mj but this season has not gone as planned. Um, let's talk about Russell Westbrook's benching and is Vogel in the hot seat. Well, I'll start real quick before Corbin goes because you know how Corbin feels about his Lakers, and I want to get all of his tangent in one in just one sitting. Um, so I thought the Westbrook benching was interesting, seeing how early in the week. 
Vogel was becoming a scapegoat in terms of whose fault it was and the blame pie that was going around. And I really thought that, you know, he kind of was like, you know what, F it. Like Westbrook has not been playing well and it's time for you to sit down. And I completely agree with his decision. If he was going to go down and get fired and he still may get fired uh, for albeit purposes of what's happening, but if he was going to go down, he was going to go with the ship sinking. And I completely am here for it because honestly, Westbrook has just not been good in the stretch for the Lakers. And you know what? Vogel has to do what he has to do to try to get this team in some kind of shape or form because they're not looking good at all. Like this postseason, I don't even, I don't even want to see them. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see LeBron in as an eighth seed at year 19, 37. Oh my gosh. You know, you guys love to say that. So I'm not interested to see it, honestly, but Frank Vogel, do what you got to do to protect yourself in the meantime for the next two to three weeks. Because honestly, brother, your, your, your line is sinking. It's sinking bad. It's sinking to the, to the floor, honestly. But <laughs> Russ, and we saw, we spoke about this, uh, Kelsley, in terms of how Russ is playing and what his kind of future is looking like. I don't see Westbrook changing his game. I don't see him trying to shift however the team needs him to. And I think that this experiment, honestly, with him and LeBron and AD is not going to work long-term for whatever duration of LeBron's career is in LA. I just think that they have to move on at some point. If not at the trade deadline in the off season, I don't see it at the trade deadline because $44 million are sitting on Russell Westbrook and nobody's going to take that. So mm-hmm. I just think that, <laughs> you know, they're going to have to figure it out. But LeBron at the point is honestly the only way that the team is going to succeed. So it's just hard to see Russ struggling in terms of how he's going to adjust and him just not making the proper adjustments because either he's too stubborn, he doesn't want to change, he doesn't feel like that needs to be in his game. And at this point of his career, I just think that he wants to go down with how he plays or that's it. And at some point, you're going to have to take responsibility in how your outcome is. So whether you whether you never win a championship or not, you're just going to have to eat that. Corbin, yeah, I know you're a, you're you're a big time LA fan. I'm sure you have plenty to say. Go ahead, I buddy. do, I do. You know it. I'm I'm gonna excuse the disrespect to LeBron in his year 19, age 37 season, and the greatness that he has and continue to do. So currently second in the league in scoring, he could potentially win his scoring title. I, I've no, I don't know another player who's done that this close to his 20th season. So I just want to throw that out there. We're not talking about though. We're talking about Russ. So I'll go back to the main point. I think that we are discounting the fact that Russ has made adjustments even since his benching um for one thing credit to him for taking that in stride um candidly talking with espn about how he felt that it you know kind of was blindsided by it but he's going to do what he wants to do to continue to help the team or do what he feels necessary to help the team to continue to win he's had communication with vogel um since then he's had two very productive games uh we forget yes they did lose to the heat um recording this on the 23rd but he had 24 points on an efficient um Shot, I would say efficient percentage from the floor, nine to 15, nine rebounds, nine assists as well. The game before the against the Magic, again, shooting just around 50% from the field, 11 boards, seven assists, keeping his um, turnovers down. He's had 
10 turnovers in the last eight games. Um, you know, people have been jumping on him, but his role has been all over the place. Uh, you know, whether he's being the point guard, whether he's playing like he did in Houston off ball, whether he's playing more in the dunker spot, like a big, like he did a little bit in Washington, like he did in Houston as well before Clint Capello traded. He's been in several different situations, none of which are ideal for him aside from having the ball in his hands like he wants, which unfortunately he's no longer able to play consistently at that level that it was once excusable. So I, I think that we just bashing on him because the easy thing to do i don't think it's actually any more accurate um and i do think there's a team in fact there's a team that's been reported that would make a trade for russell westbrook it would be the houston rockets they just want draft compensation for it now whether the lakers do that or do not i hope they don't because it would be basically a russell westbrook john wall swap for the second time um but the rockets wouldn't mind that as long as they're able to get the salary because they would do to russell westbrook what they're doing to john wall and they have no qualms about that so I think it's just a tough situation to begin with. I think that, you know, we re, we relitigate the same argument. The problem is he shouldn't be on the scene. Like, it just didn't work from the jump. I think that he's been trying to make changes, not been given enough credit for that. I think he's been dragged through the mud for him being the exact same player that he was when he came over. Like, he is who he is. The only people who seem confused by that are the Lakers, and I guess by extension ourselves, because we now have to, like, try to argue why this isn't working, but we knew it wasn't going to work. I mean, I'm delusional as a Lakers fan. Even I was like, Ugh, I don't know. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to be okay, though. I think it's going to be okay. This is normally Russ is starting to find his way. This just isn't what people want to see, but his last couple of games have been great since the benching. And let's be real. Like, it, it's taken, what, halfway through the season for Vogel to finally say, hey, if you're not actually helping my team win, I need to get you on the bench regardless of who you are. It is what it is. LeBron hasn't had many of those games. AD's been injured half the season, so he hasn't had many of those games. So that means everyone else has been in play except for Russ because of the cachet and everything. And now since Vogel's on the hot seat for reasons both in and out of his control, now he's finally deciding to actually coach. Like, credit to him for that. Russ had a bad game then. Keep it moving. Yeah, definitely credit to Vogel because if I'm going to go down, by all means, I will be going down swinging and it seems like that's what he's doing. But I'm going to play a little bit of Dell's advocate, right? Let's look at Russell Westbrook's number. He's averaging just about 18, 19 points per game. Eight rebounds, 7.8, which is about eight assists a game. Um, he's leading the team in rebounds and assists, right? The only thing is he's just not scoring the basketball per se. And it's hard because you have a guy like LeBron James that is just such a uh, a, a big power when you're on the floor. Like everybody knows who he is. He's a big presence. That's the thing. That's the word I wanted to use. Um, and, and again, not only that, we're talking about a team that is constructed pretty much overnight in the off season where they have a lot of new players. So um, that's not even put into effect that they don't have Anthony Davis, who is a big, 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 big piece to what was supposed to be constructed. Um, so uh, it, it's just, when things are not going right, you always have to put the blame. And I'm not hearing a lot of blame to Palinka because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of, you know, who set this whole thing up going. Um, you know, Russ Rusbrick is doing his part. I mean, if you're looking at his numbers, even though he did only averaging about 19 points per game, he's still shooting his average 42, 43 um, from the field field goal. And I know people are highlighting the fact that he's missing a lot of shots and some of the shots that he's missing, it just don't look good. Like he does not look like an NBA player. But then when you're looking at the whole body of work, 
he's still being Russell Westbrook. So, um, go ahead. You, you you had something to say, Corbin? You said you said not look like an NBA player. Listen, some of the shots are off, but like we've seen way off shots before. It's just because Russ is shooting them. I know you're talking about the one he shot off the top of the backboard a couple games back. Like, listen, it, it's it's he was shooting over somebody under rest, and it happens sometimes. Like, so are you trying to say that he has low IQ? No, I'm not saying I'm saying that he's doing nothing. We could roll tape for a bunch of other NBA players and get some crazy shots. Okay. Uh, It just happens sometimes. That's all I'm trying to say. And because it's Russ, I think it's a polarizing thing, but, but I I just want to say, I think they're normal NBA basketball shots. They just haven't been looking right. Cause he's been all over the place. That's all. Yeah. But Corbin, you have to understand this too. He has some abysmal performances yes, from the yes, field. Yes, I, I can't argue that. Yes. I'm using a, 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 a almost big word here. That's this SAT word. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some games again, Future some positions percentage. where some 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 something some position he doesn't look like a, a ball player. You know, we're not even talking about the shots, but then some of the passes as well. Like some of the passes are not even close to even being in the shooter's pocket, right? And part of that is out of control and that's his you know mo since he got into the league his motor is always high and it's hot and that's something that's something that would never stop but then looking at the man in the mirror i definitely think just like how lebron james did because when you look about the lebron james of the miami he he was not really shooting threes right now he wasn't shooting threes and that was kind of what, what his downfall was especially when it comes into the crunch time when they're sinking in and packing in the lane he has evolved and he has come into a shooter where he can shoot threes with the ease. Like he shoots that with the utmost confidence. Now, a guy like Russell Westbrook, you know, I loved his game growing up because his mid range was sick. I've seen that dissipated. I, I, that, that has, I don't know what had happened, but then again, this game is 90% mental and 10% physical and within all the noise and he's in the market, LA that it's not, you're not, it's not made for everybody. He's from there. He gets it. But again, that when you're not doing right. Okay. You want to put your thumbs down like how Julia Schrandler was in the garden. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of pressure and, and there's not a lot of people. That can play in, Sorry. Nobody said he's a scrub, but right now, because he's Brand not engaged. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> just want to throw it out there. Okay, you know what? Uh, honestly, that's all I'm trying to honestly, say. Honestly, I think Randall is a, is an all star caliber player. I think he's a tier two, no tier three. I think he's a tier three. When we're talking about tier twos, that's for a the goon squad. That's a said it again. All star for the goon squad. Like we're talking Space Jam. What all star? What? No, this? no. He he he's he's an all star in the NBA. Now is he a starter all star? No, that's what makes him a three, a tier three. Okay, but um, we'll he, wait he's till not going to be discussion. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna step out. But anywho, um, I see I done lost my train of thought. Um, all I know is it, it, I'm gonna be devil's advocate. Is it all Russell Westbrook's fault? I don't think so. Is it Vogel's fault? I really don't think so. Um, I think part of them trying to gel and work together, right? Because again, they have a lot of new players, and then again, they don't have Anthony Davis. So then, even when Anthony Davis comes back, that's still gonna be another. One, two, three. They're still they're seventh in the West, y'all. I mean, their their record is awful, but you know, they're still seventh in the West. And they're not if they're a few games back to just make it into the fifth seed, fourth seed, you know. So they're not way out the picture, but again, they are definitely below expectations. I would agree with that. And I don't like the shots that Julius Randall Corbin. <laughs> like, excuse me. 
Like, am I not, not even excuse me, excuse you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that honestly, they're going to change the coach at the end of the season. You know, that's going to happen. Um, do you guys think that? Do you guys think Vogel's job is, is done? I completely think that after that story that came out and then the Kurt Rambis, it like coming down and, and calling shot. Listen, Frank Vogel is holding on by the hair on his chinny chin chin. And I don't see him lasting very long. So honestly, who would you like to see coaching the Lakers? Okay. If I if I'm be really quick on this, I I think he holds on for this year. I think they make a change to the offseason. They've been playing him out by a string for the last three years, so it's unfortunate for him. I don't think it's his fault. Um, I think their best coach is the one they should have won if they weren't being so damn cheap, and that would have been um, Tyrone Lue. But with that not being the case now, I really don't know. Like, I don't think you could bring in Pat Riley. Red Auerbach, and I don't even know who else, and save this team because Rob Palenka is the problem right now. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure. I mean, if we were to elevate someone from the coaching staff right now, who would that be? David Fisdale, the guy who went one in five when Vogel was out in COVID protocols? Like, there's no one here that's going to come in and coach this team better than Vogel has. Maybe make better adjustments. I guess coach to a certain extent better, but I just don't see it. In the offseason, They'll probably try to go for like fresh blood or someone new, maybe someone LeBron's familiar with. I just don't see a marked like improvement out there right now that isn't already hired and going to be retained by a team that's going to come in and just change his Lakers. Like, I don't see it. I think they're going to move from Vogel because he's not who they wanted to begin with, but they effed up at the beginning and lost that coach. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know who per se, they, I, I would like to see them. I really don't have a, a personal opinion about it, but I do think that um, the problems that they have is more so discipline, not talent. And I think from what I'm hearing, Vogel is very much a player's coach. And I think they have to go a different direction as far as a player's coach is concerned, because when you are a player's coach, you know, the players are a little bit more relaxed. And then now you have veterans on top of it who, you know, been to the highest peak of the game in the NBA final. So, you know, we've seen the Lakers really be lax all year. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to games where Indiana, right? OKC multiple times right when they come into the game and they know they're supposed to win and that laxness is getting them beat because you you nix the teams that they're supposed to be their record is totally different it's just no cap um but again the lakers are not uh reaching the expectation but a team that is exceeding expectations has to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers are fifth in the East. They are 28 and 19 led by a young man, a young man in Garland who has been absolutely fantastic um, averaging just about 20 points, nine assists a game. And, and, and they have a three, seven footer starting lineup. Um, Lowry marketing is hurt now, but, they they're doing something kind of out of the ordinary or unorthodox and it's been working for them. What do you guys think about the Cleveland Cavaliers? I actually am. I'm very surprised, honestly, at Cleveland being in the fifth spot. It, if you would have told me that started the season, I probably would have took that bet. But honestly, I think that with the East being so bad 
<laughs> I'm just going to say it. the East is not great. So they have an opportunity to be up there, but their young guys are playing well. I do like Mobley. I do like Jared Allen. I do like their core group of playing in, and they have a good core of vets. They have Kevin Love there who is backing up. You know, he's able to have a voice and lend an ear to some of the younger guys there. So I do like the core group. I just don't think they're a fifth seed worthy. I don't, I just think East is so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> like they're literally what five back in, 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 in spots in terms of their record. Like, honestly, guys, did we think the Bulls were going to be the first seed? No. So I just think that the season is, I don't want to say an anomaly, but I just, they're exceeding expectations and I don't see them continuing on, but for this season, for right now, and then playing towards the postseason, you know, that's a good, that's a good first round. Um, like to make the first round after everything that they've been through with the city has been through in terms of their turmoil with the team and, you know, with them getting back good, a good, a decent GM, I don't want to say good, a decent GM in Altman and, you know, a decent right. coach and a good young core in terms of Mobley. I think it's a good start for them. And I'm interested to see where they go. I don't think that they can retain this next season unless the East is that bad again. But for me, I think it's just honestly the name of the game is that the, the East is not good. And so they're just up there. I, I don't want to cut you off, Corbin, because I know you're about to speak, but um, I don't think the East is bad. I think the East is extremely competitive. When we're looking at the seventh seed in the Charlotte Hornets, they are five games above 500. Now, you can say when you look at the Western side, when you're looking at the fifth seed, no, the, 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 the sixth seed in the Denver Nuggets, they're only two games above 500. You know what I'm saying? Don't say the East is that bad. And I know right now the Cleveland Cavaliers are fifth in the East and they're literally two games behind first place, which is crazy to think of. But when you're talking about the top of the East, like they have some legitimate players and teams. You're talking about Brooklyn Nets. We know that already. Miami Heat. I'm sure you know by now. Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. And then Philadelphia 76ers. To add on Cleveland Cavaliers, they have a team. Evan Mobley has been playing absolutely fantastic as a rookie. And, and, and it's right now, if someone can say he is the the um the lead right now for the rookie of the year he's he's on the top of the the food chain for that so their core and they're doing this without sexton like hello like that's 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 uh, alarming to me but go ahead corp what you think i don't have a whole lot more to jump on about that i do think that cleveland is really impressive um it definitely surprised me i was not high on either jb bickerstaff or kobe altman for a variety of reasons heading up to this year. Um, didn't think that whole three-big lineup would work out at all. Um, Laurie Markin is a three. What are you doing? Colby Allman trading for him to play three. Like, what is he on? But it has worked out. Like, there's several players that deserve some love this All-Star game. Um, and, yeah, I guess you got to give Altman and, and Bickerstaff by extension that same love. So I'm with it. I also disagree with the East being as bad. I mean, it is, but it isn't, I don't think. I think that it's just a lot of teams you got to look at COVID and injuries were kind of wreaking havoc on a lot. Like, it's not like the quality of all of them have been, you know, all things equal, and we've had every team 100%. You know, the Bulls, I think, have had continuity, but you would say that in the West, the Suns have benefited from that. You know, like, what, 37 and 9 and something, and they've been relatively healthy down the stretch. So I think that there's other mitigating factors there. Um, that being said, yeah, I mean, even with the East being, let's just say, 
weaker than the West, if we're just going to say that, right? You still got to give the Cavs credit because nobody saw them being where they are right now. You know, at the end of the day, you have to win the games, and that's what they're doing. And so um, all credit goes to them for that. Uh, I think they're playing with fool's gold right now. We'll see if, you know, they're able to finish strong this year and then build on that, or if they make the mistake the Atlanta Hawks did last year and go, wow, you know, well, look what happened here. So <laughs> I guess that means we're Easter Conference final contenders. Like, you know, hopefully they don't jump the gun on that. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what I got on them. Well, what I'm hearing is from both of you guys, I think the East has been bad for such a long time and that reputation is carrying over into this season, but I definitely think it is a new year. But speaking about reputations, let's go back to a few days ago. I think it was Friday. Um, Grayson Allen uh, doing a, 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 a very hard flagrant two-five. He ended up getting ejected. And then to find out days after or the next day that uh, Krusko is hurt and he's going to be out for about six to eight weeks, if I'm not mistaken. His reputation, I'm looking at the play, and I see that he's going for the ball. Now, he did swipe again with his other arm, and it's just more so, okay, I can't let you make the layup because I missed the ball. But then his reputation at Duke precedes him, and it's sounding like it's more malicious than what it is. And I think the perfect example that I want to go ahead and put out, we're talking about a game five, and I believe it was a 2016 uh, NBA championship when Draymond Green picked up a, a technical foul and because of his reputation you know that was just that cost them the championship the Warriors championship that year but but yeah let's talk about the Grayson Grayson uh, Allen foul was it was it uh, worth it what, what do you guys think about it I mean it definitely was a flagrant too <laughs> you know and okay. I I don't I don't want to say I don't like the fact that it, it seems like we may or may not be giving him a pass because of his reputation. Like Grayson Allen has shown this before, not only at Duke, but in the NBA too. So this is who he is and I can't excuse it. I don't know why he's like that. Honestly, (laughs) players like that are just weird to me because you're doing a lot and there's uncertain rules when you're playing basketball that you should just, just shouldn't do. And I get trying to stop the ball. I get trying to just have a foul and just have them go to the free throw line. But there's certain moves that is just like, come on, bro. Like, I want to say, not to bring this back, but Jokic just, I know he, I know Morris and him had a back and forth and I know Morris started it, but Jokic literally just pushed him and he's been out. You know what I mean? So it's like, (laughs) you gotta, it's just weird to see how certain players get, certain quote-unquote passes but I feel like everyone's on notice with Grayson Allen and honestly he's not on my team I'm thank god he's not because oh. I really would not want to root for Grayson Allen I'm sorry like that Ted Cruz Ted Cruz lookalike is just not I don't like him fuck him oh, she, she went there she went there honestly I was trying to hold back but fuck him <laughs> no <laughs> Corbin, what what you think about the foul? So, I mean, the foul is simple. Like, the foul was dirty. You know what I mean? Like, it it was what it was, you know? I think that, if anything, this kind of goes back, the fact that we didn't have a conversation about it is is going back to Grayson Allen and and who he is. Like, can you believe this is first ejection? Like, it it reminds me, okay, I'm going to give an example. It's not even the same, but I'm, I'm, I'm big with, you know, stories and stuff. Like, growing up, come from New York, 
going to Arizona, like going to school, socially trying to fit in. And I remember I was in these different bubbles. You know, I was playing basketball, I was doing football, weightlifting, but I was also in some uh, comics and, you know, my geek stuff. And so I wouldn't really try to pick a bubble to be in. I would like go from one bubble to the other. I wasn't like anywhere near cool enough or whatever to be full time in the athlete circle, except I knew how to play the game, right? And I wasn't geeky enough to be in the geek circle, but I knew enough to kind of hang around. But I didn't pick a spot. I just kind of went back and forth. So I really didn't have anyone that I could really go like, this is where I'm most comfortable. I feel like Grayson's in the same position in terms of like, is he like just a scum player? Or like, is he someone that's trying to earn that earn that like hard nose label? Because he comes in, and he does all this sus stuff in college, tripping people and these hard fouls and everything. Comes to the NBA, has one blow up in summer league, and then we get nothing. You know, like there's been nothing on him for what three years now. Two different teams. Then he comes up and goes right back to the same stuff they does then. And it's like, oh, well, he, he's proven this before. But then when you ask people when he's proven it, we're going back four or five years, mind you. That's enough to say that there's a body of work that he's done it. But then you have people like the Bucks organization who had the audacity to say they don't believe that that should have been a one game suspension. You have Chris Milton who came out and said, listen, he's been on my team. I don't think he's a dirty player. You know what I mean? He's been in situations like he's not picking. And like, that's going to lead to conversations like this because that was objectively just a total flagrant foul, a dirty play that could have done some serious damage and did enough as we saw after the fact. But like, I just get so stuck up on what he is trying to be, like what circle is he trying to go to? Because if you want to go hard, hard nosed and reckless, I guess you could put the Morris twins in that one. I guess you could put Pat Beverly in that one. You know what I mean? If you're trying to go straight dirty, there's, there's room for that too. That's the Bill Lambeer. That's also sometimes the Morris brothers. That's also sometimes Pat Beverly. So like, what's it going to be? Because right now you just not winning at all. And, you really going out there and being seriously reckless on plays where that wasn't needed. You had already hit him pretty hard across with the one arm. You're not catching him with the other arm as you're flying through the air. Gravity's really not on your side, so you're already going down. Like, you ain't Caruso up there in the sky. So I don't understand what that was outside of doing what he did. It's, I think, personally, um, going off of talking about he got suspended, if what didn't happen at, at Duke, if, if, if what if he didn't trip anybody at Duke and he didn't have this reputation about him, he would have not gotten suspended. I think it's the addition of his past and the fact that Carusco is, is, is gone for a while. I think that combination of both is what led to, to his. Sorry, you said Caruso? Yeah, Caruso. Okay. I know. It, it was sounding like Cusco. Really? Yeah, wow. it's the third got, time I was letting it. The first time I was out, okay. And we got the blue yeti. Okay. Look back. <laughs> I knew you knew it. I was just like, but I don't know if you <laughs> No, it's all good. But yeah, I was like, nah, I can't. But going back to it though, oh the Lakers fan inter- intervenes. <laughs> but no, on a side note, um I think if if he didn't have that that um if he didn't have that that um the pass behind him, I don't think he would have got suspended. And I don't think it would be that big of a deal. But because I mean, he has been dormant in a sense. Since he came into the league, he has really been quiet for, for the most part. You know, he's just doing his due deals, right? And um, he's keeping it pushing. But, but yeah, moving on, though, because, again, this whole week has been crazy. We talked about Russ being benched, and there's a lot of storylines. But let's go back on Wednesday, right? Think about the NBA 
it has evolved into a more perimeter based game. And, and even the bigs have, you know, shown that. And there's two MVP contenders right now in Joel Embiid and Joker, uh, Jokic. And they had extremely, extremely, extremely um, very good games on Wednesday. As far as Joel Embiid had 50 and 27 minutes and like 12 rebounds. And then you're talking about Joker. He had 49, 14 and 10. And 10 assists like that's 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 unbelievable. And and both of them are having an outstanding year. Which player between the two has made uh, a big impact or I guess you could say for the MVP campaign? Like who who did good for their for their state of trying to win the MVP this year? I'm be quick here. I, I think it's Embiid. I think Embiid's been really dominant. I think that he has, he was the runner up last year before becoming injured. I think this year he's put in a more dominant performance and been injured less. So that's more helpful to his cause. Um, and if you're just looking at the records, you kind of have some combination of best player and the best team. Um, right now, the contenders for this MVP spot, with the exception of maybe Steph Curry, aren't really going to fit that criteria. But if you're looking at just Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, you have to pick Embiid just because of where the Nuggets are. Um, and the fact that Embiid has simply just been, Amazing. Both him and Jokic have been dominant. The on-off numbers for these players are off the roof. But I think that Embiid gets a slight nod again, building off what he did last year um, and being on a slightly better team. Um, and also, let's face it, having the, the benefit, and this is why I agree with Alicia again, of being in the East. Because if he's in the West, he'd probably be a spitting image of Jokic. like a 500 team with a great center who's doing everything and the team kind of submarines when he's out. And that's the same thing's happening over in Denver. The difference is that the Sixers' record looks a little bit better, and I think that's a count of, you know, just a little bit of a locale. But that's just me personally. It ain't dang strict of the Doc Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to choose Embiid as well. Uh, I think that between – actually, I was going to put out a, a just a quick pointer. I don't like the conversation of people not being able to win it back-to-back. Um, and so this is not why I'm not just – choosing Embiid because I do think that Jokic is playing hell of a season and I do want to give him his props but Embiid without you know taking over the reins after this whole Simmons saga has happened and him saying well you know what we don't have this guy we have the people who's here and we're just going to run with it and he's just been putting on every single game and he did it last season uh, he was injured, like Corbin said, and I'm glad that this season he's a little bit less injured so that he's, he's been able to show out. And the Sixers are not going to win the East, in my mind. <laughs> They're not going to be great. But you know what? Embiid is doing what he's supposed to be doing as the man of the team. Like he said, you know what? I'm going to put the team on my back and everybody followed me. And that's what exactly he's doing. So for me, I'm going with Embiid for this season as an MVP so far, I still have maybe Steph, maybe KD if he comes back. Cause that team, I, I did not believe in Brooklyn. I'm not going to lie. So yeah. I do have KD in the mix. Jokic, I have him in the mix too, but for right now I'm going with Embiid. Now I understand that this young man was out for a period of time and his team did very good. But when we're talking about John Moran, is he in the mix too for you, Alicia? Let's talk about it. I don't think he's in the mix for MVP as yet. I do think he's obviously an all-star 
obviously first team for me in some incidents. I I I gotta go through my first team so far, but he is made it. He's made it in my mind. Um I don't have him up there yet, but I okay. do I really do love Jaws game. Like I can yeah. see him next season if they come out and if they don't get injured, if he doesn't get injured and they come out and continue to play like they're doing this season, he's probably gonna be probably one or two for me. Depends no on doubt. I, I'm, I think if he has a, a postseason like Trey Young did last year, and then he, again, he follows it back the following year and does what he's supposed to do, I think he definitely will be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he's ready yet just because they have a really good team and they play very, 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 very good together. But um, as far as me, I, I pick and beat as well. Um, I think when you have a, a person that is not playing, that is eating up a lot of your your salary cap and you're still able to perform at the high level and your team is not sinking on the water with no stretch of the imagination. Again, there are six in the East and I believe the record is they're 28, 27 and 19. I can't see that far. Sorry. Um, but still they're eight games above 500 um, and they're, and he's doing the damn thing. And then to, to, to have 50 points in 27 minutes, Talking about not wasting any time, you know, taking he took a lot of his criticism because, you know, you talk about 2018, 2019, he fell in love with the jump shot. It was almost like how poor Zingas is a good example of this. Poor Zingas is like he's allergic to the paint <laughs> at some point in time. Right. So he took the criticism. He saw what the Philadelphia did to to Ben Simmons and see how hard. Philadelphia, the fans itself are hard on the players, and he took that and he embraced it, and he's showing out. And um, I definitely think he's definitely going to be top two or three when it comes down to the latter part of the season. We just have to see what he does for the remaining of the season. But but yeah, that fifty points in twenty seven minutes, it definitely hits different. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. But before we do. Uh, we're going to try something new and call it how you see it. We're going to be looking at some of the marquee games of the week, and we're going to go ahead and tally down to see who really <laughs> can call it how they see it. All right. So the first game on the list that we have here on my wonderful board, I, I didn't play any games. Not so. a whiteboard. Not a whiteboard. Listen, understood the assignment. All right. I surely did. The the first game, this is Monday. It is the Suns and the Jazz. And they're also going to play again on Wednesday. So it's going to be one of those back-to-back where they play on each other's home court. So the Suns and the Jazz. Who do you guys have in this game here? The, the Monday game is at the Jazz, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have the Suns, though. I'm going to go with the Suns. Okay. Let me get my marker mark out do here. I have to get a, do I have to have a, a point differential? I should. I don't think I should. Well, if I say Suns, <laughs> too, then we both call like we saw it. Oh, one could I mean, be fugazi and one could be real, you know. But listen, mind you, there's a lot of games that we got to go First through. First of all, so I'm somebody... never fugazi. I'm never fugazi. <laughs> like, don't even play with my body like that. I'm never fugazi. Let's start there, okay? That's number one. All right, all right. Since you want, since you want to play, that's all I want to do. <laughs> there we go. Play, Wake up. Since you want to play? I'm, I'm gonna go with Suns 
five and a half. Suns five and a half. Hmm. Okay. So Suns five and a half. Corbin, you want to go ahead and add on to that? Um. Yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Suns. I'm gonna do a little more. Let's do eight. Whoa. Okay. So Corbin with the eight. Um. Funny enough, I, I think it's gonna be a split. I do have the Jazz winning the first game mm-hmm. of that matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. And even though the, the the Suns are really good in crunch time, we're definitely going to go there. And I think they might win by four, four or some change. So I'll put myself up there. Um, the next game, the Nets and the Lakers. And, and this will be this will be without and this will be in Brooklyn. Oh, this, without Kyrie in Brooklyn, okay. right? I love it. No KD. Let's go. And no KD. And yep. Oh, yeah, this is my kind of game. Lakers by five. Let's get it. <laughs> okay. I want to say more, but we can't win by like we haven't had dominant win all year. Yeah, I don't I don't think y'all even gonna win this game anyways. But anyway, um <laughs> I can't wait to call like I oh I can't wait to record. Okay, okay. Don't even I don't even see oh, because um I I'm gonna have to go with the Nets. I'm going with the Nets. Bye. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't I'm want to be on the show the next week. <laughs> wow. Y'all saw that? No, I just I what? I couldn't even hear what y'all said. My, my microphone <laughs> fell out and I could I was I, was, <laughs> I see y'all laughing. I thought y'all was laughing at me. No. No. Just no, that. I'm laughing at Corbin's pain because I chose the Nets. The Nets. Oh, you chose yeah. okay, so she chose the Nets. Yeah. You say about what? I'll say bye. I'm gonna go with a close margin. I'm gonna go two. Two? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So wow. we're gonna skip along. The Knicks. What's your pick? The heat oh, you on picked the Nets. Oh, yeah, I did pick the Nets. Yes. And um, to be honest with you, you know what? I'm gonna recanter that. I think with the Lakers coming back, they have some good juju about themselves. They're starting to, you know, they can see the good things that they did in the one quarter, which is the fourth quarter. Um, I think that might translate into Wednesday. So I'm going to go with the Lakers. And you know what? I'm going to go by 10 plus. My man. Yep. I'm on going 10 plus. I think I ate that there. Um, so in the next, the Knicks and the, and the, you and the Heat. You didn't. I just want to let you know you didn't. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go, gonna go with the Knicks. This is what? No, wait. This is in Miami, right? This is in Miami. I will be there. Okay, I may go with the Heat. Then never mind. May. <laughs> it was a tough one. Okay. No, um, you know, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Heat by, let's say seven and a half. Seven and a half. Oh, that's my girl. Okay. Oh, uh, Corbin. Heat by fifteen. Ooh. No, that's just Next. <laughs> yeah, because I ain't gonna lie to you. It's definitely giving double digits. Um I hate rude. that you said 15 because I wanted to say 15 too, but I'll, I'll keep it cute since my mama's gonna be in the attendance and I'm gonna say 12. Heat by 12. Let's hope your mom, you know, gives some good vibes, good energy <laughs> to the team. And let's go next. Okay, another good one, the Lakers and the 76ers. Ew. This will be in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia and that will be also, I think that's on Thursday. Yeah. I'm going to do Lakers by four. AD's room to be coming back. 
If we got <laughs> AD and LeBron and Westbrook, that's too much for Embiid. You said by four? Yeah. I, we, st- we still got to fight the fact that we're playing away, but we're going to win it. Emotional. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, Alicia. What? I'm going with the Sixers. <laughs> I'm going with the Sixers. I'm going to go with the Sixers by, let's say, three and a half. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm going with the Sixers as well. Um, it's going to be six or more. They're definitely going to win by six or more points. Um, yeah, and what I said so that I can, you know, repeat this. You're delusional, delusional. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time. The Lakers Watch. are not going to be the 76ers. Okay. We'll and I told you when we come wrong, back next week, be a, you can't tell me nothing. That would be a come back next week, you can't tell me nothing. All right. The last game, though, this is on Saturday. Oh. This is primetime on ABC. The Brooklyn Nets will be visiting. That's the key word in the sentence visiting the Warriors. So that means Kyrie will play. This Are you is playing in San Francisco? In San Francisco. Oh. Okay. I hope I'm right. I'm 99%. No, I you know what? Because maybe I was mistaken. I thought that San Francisco was like New York. Um, and I thought that they had a band-aid on their arena, but apparently not because ABC has been promoting you know Kyrie versus Clay. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna assume that Kyrie's going to play. I think they have a mandate for the fans, not necessarily for the players, which is okay, which is weird because dumb, but yeah, okay. But anyway, I will go with hmm. I may go with the Nets. I may, yeah, I may go with the Nets. Nets. And I'm gonna go with the Nets by at least five. I think Clay maybe. In and out, I think he's questionable in the next game coming up. So I'm going to see how it plays out for the rest of the week. So right now, with what I know, I'm going to go with the Nets. Okay. Corbin? Um, we are going to go with the Warriors by seven. Warriors by seven. Okay. Yeah, I have the Warriors as well. And hear me now. now. Clay Thompson will have more than 25 points. And the Warriors will win. We'll keep it nice. They're going to win by four. I think it's going to be competitive, but I definitely think Clay Thompson is going to have his breakout game. Knowing that it's going to be on prime time, knowing that Kyrie is supposed to play, Clay is going to come to play. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up. Call it like you see it. I have it here. We are definitely going to go ahead and look back on the next time we air this. What do, what do, what do we win? What do we win? What do we lose? What are we playing for? To be honest with you, rights? It's going to be bragging rights, but we should put some money in the pile. But I think we should have that conversation because this is going to go on all season long. And, and when it comes down to the to nitty and gritty um, in May and June, <laughs> catch up uh, May and June, uh, we can go ahead and save up somewhere we can really win some 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 nice coins um, for our, our basketball expertise. But yeah, I think that um pretty much wraps up the let's ball out uh, any of you guys have any last words before we go ahead and peace out i mean listen i can't wait till next week when y'all get to see how we're all along it's not about the process it's about the results that's what i'm mm-hmm. about y'all bear yeah. witness next week that's all i gotta say it's fun as always mm. okay well, at least you're Jamaica, I, I, I love you that's what oh. i have to say <laughs> <laughs> 
All I know is this guy wanted to talk about the process and the 76ers has been doing that since damn 2014, 2015. Like they still on the process, baby. Okay. So you can talk they're about on, they're on the see a process on the pro uh 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 set up on the yeah, results. It's not about the process, it's about the results. Yeah, all right. They're on the rough. We're gonna they're on the rough. <laughs> they're not even the <laughs> they're down the run they are on the r uh but yeah it's alicia it is corbin my name is kelsey wilkinson this is another episode of let's ball out peace, This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.